Happy Money Monday, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Win Win Effect Podcast. Before Wes introduces our guest for today, allow me to say thank you to all the listeners and the new subscribers that we've experienced massive amount of growth over the last month and a half. And a few of the episodes broke over that 100K downloads per week, which is freaking nuts. I'm so grateful, so grateful for you guys. Thank you, thank you, thank you. For today's episode, we're excited and thrilled to share the impactful conversation that we have with fellow podcasters, Joe Fear and Matt Wolf from the Hustle and Flow Chart Podcast. And this isn't our first conversation that we've had with these guys. They're amazing dudes, really knowledgeable when it comes to podcasting, monetizing, making money off podcasting. So if you're a podcaster and you're tuning into this or you want to start a podcast, you might want to pay attention to today's episode and take some notes. But I hope you guys enjoy the episode and we'll go ahead and kick this off. Before I bring on today's guest, if you're watching us on YouTube, make sure to subscribe and hit that notification bell so you never miss the fire content we're bringing you every week. If you're listening from your favorite podcast platform, be sure to subscribe and leave us a review letting us know how you're enjoying the show. And as always, follow us on Instagram at The Win Win Effect to stay updated on upcoming shows and get exclusive behind the scenes footage. And lastly, fill out the feedback form and letting us know how you enjoyed our guest today and which guests you would like to see in the future. Now, without further ado, let's get back to the show. Joe and Matt, welcome to the show. Happening, guys. Yeah, thanks for having us. Man, we're shaking. We're shaking. Why y'all so quiet? <laughs> so quiet. We were just having a like a normal conversation. I know, right? And it's like you walk into a like a like a classroom. Is like I don't really know what's happening like, right now. Where are we at now? This is a new room we just walked into. Oh yeah, we've been riffing for a little bit. We've been talking about getting together for a long time, so we're happy it's, to be here, man. Yeah, it's. I'm really excited to have you on the show. It's like two podcast they're doing you know crazy things and you know obviously getting a lot of you know new subscribers new audiences tapping into different networks i mean we're now in the second season you guys have been doing the game for a little while now longer than us and that's how we originally met yeah man listeners don't know is i reached out to joe and really didn't know much about him but through another connection i think it was our copywriter and you know i was like listen i need some help with this podcast shit (laughs) I don't really know what the hell I'm doing. I was juggling too many plates. I was like, I need to know from someone that actually knows what they're doing. So these two guys are from the Hustle and Flowchart podcast and they've been doing some big things. I've got some big names coming out with the content, you guys. I mean, for the new episodes coming up. I saw that on the calendar. It's crazy, man. Yeah, the podcast has opened up so many doors. And yeah, I, I know what you guys are. You guys have been shaking and baking all that really, really well. I mean, like... I remember when you, uh, what was it, like six months ago? I think it was right before you had your kid. And mm-hmm. yes. uh, that's when you guys were, were, you know, basically starting about the podcast. I think you maybe already had it live, but you were just kind of figuring it all out. And since then, man, you told us you've just been blowing up like crazy. You guys are consistent. I think that was the first thing we talked about is like, man, everything we've done uh, in podcast land is consistency. If you don't have mm-hmm. that, you know, like all the stuff falls apart. So. No, you don't. I mean, I appreciate the advice that you gave me because I felt like I was trying too much at the beginning of it because I was just trying to get out the information because I've been asked to do podcasts for such a long time. I mean, we were just having a brief conversation and Wes was talking about it with Matt was like podcasts have been around for a long time and I've been asked for years, get on a podcast, you should do one or come on my show. And I was like, I ain't got time for that shit. I'm making money. I'm doing this in the marketplace. And 
you know, I'm trying to take over, I'm trying to be, you know, get to that next level of entrepreneurship. And I was like, I really don't have time for that stuff. But now that I look at it, I'm like, if you're not doing podcasts, then you're losing, bro. You were behind. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I feel the same way about when I used to say the same stuff when I took on, you know, like trade schools and kind of left the education field and went and did it internationally and for like high ticket programs, those types of things, you know, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 100K type of programs. When I started selling, ind you know, independently for them, I was screaming to my students five years ago, if you're not online in a year, you're dead. And look what's happened. So, right, man. yeah. So, but I, I really appreciate you guys coming on. I mean, Matt, goodness gracious, my man, we had such a great time. You had me on your show. It was really fun, really fun. So I guess we, we can kind of go, go into this. We've got four podcasters here, four mics and one That's dangerous, audience. dude. That's dangerous. You know, it's, it's, it's dangerous. Like two, it's like two podcasts colliding. I don't, I don't see really. many podcasts that have four people on so let's i guess you would say let's flex a little bit and show them our skills so, i mean for for the most part i know what you guys do and but our audience don't i mean you especially you teach people how to monetize their podcasting and how to make money from it affiliate marketing tapping into different networks matt focuses on a different part of the business so joe you're able to do your thing very similar to what wes and i you know do in the marketplace and obviously coming into sales you know, companies are just injecting winning. And we'll talk a little bit more in depth about that, but this is about you guys. I guess we could start with you, uh, Matt. Mm -hmm. I mean, like for the most part from when, what you guys do and how you're serving your audience and congratulations on all the success you've actually experienced with this. Can you talk about like why you take on a certain piece of the business and you allow Joe to do his thing? I mean, I think the, the reason that Joe and I sort of fell into the roles that we fell into is it's just kind of our natural tendencies, right? Like mm -hmm. I've always just been like, I, I'm, I'm kind of more of like a hermity type person. Like I like to be at a computer. I like to, like I, I started programming when I was about 13 years old. My parents had a computer in the, the corner of our house and my neighbor was a computer programmer. And I would go and get lessons from my neighbor on like how to write little scripts on my computer when I was like 13 years old. And I just, I fell in love with it. So like, I've always kind of just been this like computer nerd kind of dude who likes to just like hack away at stuff and <laughs> right. figure stuff out. And, and, and when I was younger, I used to do it with, you know, probably some shady stuff that I shouldn't have done with the skill set that I had. But, uh, you know, as I got older, I learned to channel it into things like Facebook ads and Google ads and building funnels and, you know, all the internet markety type stuff. That's how I kind of channeled it all. And I just, I, I love that stuff. Like mm -hmm. I will just lose track of time. I'll, I'll, I'll be building landing pages and going and setting up ads to it and, you know, doing all that kind of stuff, building out email sequences. Next thing I know, I've, I'm like 15 hours in and it's like one o'clock in the morning and I'm like, shit, I should probably go to bed now. Wait, I, is I it just, September already? Yeah, <laughs> it's just like, that's just my flow, you know? Like that's right. where I fall into flow and I just like lose track of time and I just love what I'm doing. That's not Joe. You know, Joe's, Joe's happiest when he's like in conversation with people outside of the house, you know, having conversations, learning stuff from, from new people, getting to know new right. people. That's, that's like Joe's world that's where he lives mm -hmm. and so you know for the longest time I had my business which was just kind of me doing my thing just hold up in my room and Joe was kind of doing his business I was sort of very systematic and sort of building things in a very linear way and I think Joe was kind of out there like you know people were basically saying hey I'll give you money if you'll do this for me and he's like sure let's do it and just kind of going after different projects and stuff and then when him and I teamed up it was kind of like 
oh shit, this is how it should be done. Like I could sort of create some structure around the business and some, some guidelines and some boundaries we can build for the business. Joe could keep doing his thing, but there's a little right. bit more constraints on like the path that he's following with the things that he's doing. Yeah. I, I hope the listeners are going to take, go ahead and grab a pen and piece of paper and take, put it on pause just for a second and write some notes because you're going to learn some things about how to structure your business in this call. I will tell you this. And if you want to do podcasts and you want to develop content, you want to reach different audiences than you're currently in right now, this is the podcast you need to listen to. This is the episode you need to pay attention to completely. Wes, for the most part, because you're the sales poet, right? And you understand how to like explain it eloquently in a way that you do. Can you kind of dissect what Matt just went over? Because he dropped some serious freaking nuggets. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's like two sides of the same coin. Right. right? So it's, you're, you're trying to get to a very specific place. Well, what ends up happening in entrepreneurship a lot of times is that you either are focused in too many areas and you're, you're pulled so thin that you're not effective or you're very tunnel vision and focus in one specific area. And then that you also are missing a lot of opportunity that way. And then you put both minds together and both people together. And all of a sudden now you have like almost like the perfect storm where like you're unstoppable. Right. And it makes you so much more effective. And it's crazy because both Matt and Joe are really good at what they do and they're very effective, but put them together. They just 10 X their, their effectiveness. And it's, it's amazing. Yeah, it's like a compounding factor. Yeah, it's not a linear thing. It's going to be exponential when you can team up with someone great. You guys are the same. You were just talking about it, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's tough to find, man. Yeah, the good partnership. It's tough to find. You know what? I think when, and you know, that's my next question I'm going to use it, probably go to is, is figuring out, you know, where you guys not just met, but figured it out. I'm like, hey, you know how you had that moment. And I don't even think Wes and I have actually, actually had that conversation. Because you're like, <laughs> You don't need to have the conversation. You already know that you're in sync. You yep. already know that you have that crazy amount of synergy. You already are aligned with the core values, the same mission, what you're trying to accomplish short, short term and then long term. When did you guys kind of figure that out? So the, I, I think, I know Joe's probably got a good answer for this, so I'm not going to go too in-depth. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I actually remember when him and I both decided, you know what, let's start doing some shit together because this is really cool. And it was us bonding over a specific book. Like, well, so we both worked in like a, a, the, same, the same company. My family ran a, a shutter company, like window covering shutters. Joe worked there with me. That's how we actually got to know each other was working in that company. We were, we were acquainted before that, but that's where we really kind of became buddies. And um, one of the guys that worked there gave both me and Joe a book. And he's like, you guys got to go read this book. And then, uh, you know, this book's going to change your life. We both went and read the book and then came back. Red pill, like blue pill or red pill. That kind of book. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And we, we both read the same book. And after reading that book, we came together, started talking about it. We're like, dude, this is awesome. We got to go, we got to go start building a business. We got to start going building an asset or building assets. We got to start going and leveraging debt to buy assets instead of leveraging debt to buy shit. That's never going to appreciate. And, and, uh, so the book, was rich dad poor dad so i'll just i'll say that but uh so we both got that, a copy of rich dad poor dad we both read it we were both like holy shit this this is like mind expanding to us the the sort of world of entrepreneurship and starting our own businesses wasn't even on our radar until that book and then we just sort of like bonded over that book and then it was freaking off to the races 
Yeah, man, that that book, I don't know what it did. And it's like such a basic thing, but it was just breaking us from like, hey, this hourly thing into shit, we can build something of our own that's exponential. And we both had the same kind of desire to do more than just sit around. And, you know, obviously Matt, Matt had some pretty good freedom there. You're kind of running that, you know, a big piece of that company. But for me, I'm like, I don't know what I want to do. I was still in college and all that. We both were. And we were hustling. I'm like, well, might as well hustle for ourselves, you know, with like a good plan. So yeah, started off with blogging and all that stuff. Well, speaking of like job security, you know, at at the time it felt like I had a pretty secure role at this company. That's my next question. It sounds like it. You were already kind of secure in your role, but then again, that book kind of opened you up to a different possibility for yourself yeah yeah it it definitely expanded our minds into like entrepreneurship and different ways of thinking about money and assets and debt and things like that and so we got into it and you know i think this was probably around 2006 2007 that we both kind of read that book Mm -hmm. and started thinking along these lines and um you know at the time we were just kind of thinking you know what this is cool we could do some stuff on the side we've got a good sort of career path here let's do this over on the side make some extra money some fun money and so we started to learn about all this stuff started to pick up more and more business books uh the four-hour work week was a big you know a big book in our sort of pathway that was Uh, a big one for me i learned how to freaking delegate just from that book yep yeah, yep. absolutely. And so, um, but what ended up happening is in, in 2008, when the, the housing market crashed, people stopped buying shutters and that company actually ended up going bankrupt. So this sort of like family business job security that I thought I had in 2008 just got crushed. Mm-hmm. I remember that time because that's when I was actually starting, not starting, but I was hitting a certain like a level of success, you know, but I was in the corporate America sales. So I was like leaving a regional, you know, running teams. I was, I was, you know, I guess you would say, you know, kissing babies, shaking hands with all the different companies going in and changing, you know, aligning my sales process within their process and hiring and firing. And I was getting my first, I guess, but I talk a lot about this. You don't really need a title to be a leader. It just, it just happens with mm-hmm. your, you have those right, I guess you say attributes and the right type of mission and what you're trying to accomplish and believing in abundance. But sometimes it's not really a pivotal moment that happens. It's the universe forces you to make a shift. So I went from, I guess you would say high, not really high pressure tactics because I've never done it that way. And we've, I was on your show talking about, I've never, I've refused to sell it that way because it's not authentic for me. So that's why I think I've reason why I've hit a certain level of success with that. But when that happened from chemical sales and went to education, fucking game changer for me like good night i once i had that first student that i enrolled into a program that reached a certain level of success and then once i felt what it felt like i was so excited i was like game changer i know what i'm supposed to be doing right now and i made zero money off commissions that way really because you know because you can't make commissions when you're in education like fast food at all but they can you know they take definitely take care of you yeah, yeah, I mean, no, I did make good money. I feel like there's like a series of milestones and we can look and there's probably like five pivotal points where we're just like, right. oh, this changed the game again. Oh, this changed the game again. Oh, I remember when Joe and I went and the very first time him and I ever like 
so we were doing a whole bunch of blogging stuff for a while and trying to make some money off of selling ads on the blogs and we made hundreds of dollars a month it was amazing um but uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh but there, there was this one pivotal moment where joe and i decided you know what let's go do this for other people let's go start like an agency type business and the very first, like Joe had some other clients in the past that he worked with, but the very first client that we ever sort of co-pitched together, the first person we ever went and said, hey, we want, you know, we want you to work with us. We were freaking out because we were going to go and pitch him on a 10K upfront plus a 20% rev share of his business. And right. that's what we were pitching him on. And we were kind of like shitting ourselves going into this conversation. And we met this guy at Starbucks and we sort of explained our value and and like sort of danced around the you, you the, initially the, met him at starbucks or you knew him before uh, no no we you knew, knew him before, before. Yeah. we met him I mean, at I was starbucks have a cup of coffee west <laughs> we met him at starbucks for the sales conversation essentially mm. yeah. and uh we kind of you know danced around the price a little bit we're kind of nervous to like drop here's what we want right but we eventually got to it and we said ten thousand dollars twenty percent rev share and he sat there and he thought for maybe 30 seconds and he went all right i can do that let's do it and we we're just like really it's that freaking easy and so like that was such a pivotal moment in our careers was like man we could sell somebody on 10 grand plus a piece of their business to do what we've been doing making a few hundred dollars a month so far okay great question here to ask for the listeners what do you think the deciding factor was for that person to have you guys come on with ten thousand dollar buy-in you know and you got 20 percent profit share what was the deciding factor for him, do you think? What do you think, Joe? I would say the first thing, he was a warm uh, connection from our network already. So we had some established credibility through a third party. Right. And um, so we've always leveraged our network. That's how we met him. And then we showed him, uh, he had an un- underperforming sales page is, is specifically what it was. And he wanted to raise his conversions and he didn't want to touch it. Always goes so, down to money, man. Yeah. That's you, it. You have a yeah. certain amount of value. Mm-hmm. And when you have credibility, or trust or foundation, whatever. And then you're able to provide a certain level of a service or, you know, at the best of what you do and you're bringing more value to the table. You gave him, I guess you would say a really tough decision for himself to say, all right, I can't not let these guys buy in. I cannot let this happen. I have to make this happen for my business, for me to succeed because these guys are going to do it for somebody else. Yeah, that's what it comes he, down to. And he wanted it totally hands off, man. And that's yeah. what we gave it to him. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and Joe, that's what I kind of want to ask you here is like, how did that impact the way that you guys approach your, your sales process? Meaning that, you know, you had this guy, he's warm, he's ready to go. It's like you already knew him. He's kind of already pre-bought in already. How did that affect the guy, like the way you guys went through even your content strategy to your sales process? All right. I would just say, you know, like the fact that we, we were confident that we can solve his problems. You know, we, we did our homework. We looked at his numbers. He was already open and sharing his, uh, his big concerns with his own business, not with us, Mm -hmm. but like we we were able to quickly identify what he needed and we just focused on those. It was really increase the conversions of that sales page. He didn't want to touch it. Like he had this other business that was doing really well. So we knew that he can afford it too. He kind of hinted right. at that. So like all of these hints were out there. So we just focused on like really two or three of those things. And um, it just made it kind of obvious that like, okay, it's a no brainer approach. But then for us, yeah, after that, we knew exactly what our game plan was to fulfill that and to right. continue to uh, build in residual because that thing mm-hmm. paid for itself almost immediately because we did a product launch to basically cover the 10K upfront. 
But then the rev share from that point was pretty much gravy. We just made sure we maintained it. And uh, he was freaking stoked. I mean, it was probably what, four years or so. It was just sure. And, you know, most of the time we didn't do anything after that because he was lazy. (laughs) You know, he was stoked. A lot of of that type of stuff. And I I say this a lot. And Wes hears me say it a lot. So you hope your ears don't start bleeding, Wes. It's all how you structure your deals. And if you know how to structure your deals where all parties are going to win and it's a freaking no brainer, then it's easy. It's not that difficult. People overcomplicate pitches or I don't even like this. I don't even like to say the word. It's like a foreign word to me because that's not how I approach a business deal. Yeah. It's pitching. You know, I will present a solution and the only solution for you if you want to win <laughs> so mm-hmm. with you and you're going to make a decision, but indirectly or directly. And I'm going to know in the first 20 seconds. Yeah. If yeah. it's something that you're going to be able to do. And I'm never going to recommend something for a student, a client. I don't give a crap if they're just a prospect to someone that just has $5 in their pocket. I'm going to treat them the same way that I would a $100 million deal. I'm going to present it in a certain way where it's a no brainer, man, for yeah. you. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to win. I'm going to profit from this. Wes is going to profit from this. Your future family is going to profit from this. Matt, you're going to have a good time because you're going to get look at landing pages all day and work <laughs> on the other side of the brain that I don't like to focus on. Joe, we can go have a cup of coffee and then land another, you know, 20% profit share right. in a $10,000 $10, deal with another guy at Starbucks. We can go make it happen. So yeah, everybody it. wins, man. That's what we do. Win. I want to add, add something to what Joe said too. Just like, you know, to, to, to further um, extrapolate on Wes's question about like how it sort of changed our future sales process. One of the things that we actually really started to focus on was the relational aspect of it. I think there was yeah. a big period where we were kind of going after sales from people that we didn't really know, we didn't have previous relationships with. And when we sort of had this realization that like, oh, if we actually like have a good relationship with the people, the selling process is a lot easier, right? So we actually, what we actually ended up doing was we actually teamed up with another existing agency and this, this other existing agency, they, there, there was a, a gap in what they provided. They didn't provide content marketing services and they didn't provide SEO. And, and that was one of the skill sets that, that we'd sort of cultivated. So we went to them and said, Hey, when you're going and pitching clients, can you sort of like put in a good word for us about our services. And so we actually started having this other agency pre warm up clients for us. And so all we were doing is like, uh, so one of, one of my, my mentors from the past, Travis Sago, he always used to use this golf analogy of like, you don't want to be like the guy who's driving the ball. You want to be the guy who's tapping the ball in the hole. You want to be, you want to be doing that last little tap in the hole. Right. So what we started doing was we started using these, these existing agencies to go and drive the ball for us, then we'd have our conversation and all we're doing is tapping the ball in the hole. We're just kind of finishing that sales conversation off. Yeah, no, dude, that's actually, you totally reminded me. Yeah, I totally forgot we did that, but we just started making really solid, uh, you know, value propositions to agencies that knew that they wanted to increase the, uh, the type of stuff that they offered their clients. And even some of the times they would just pitch us and wrap us into the deal. And we, mm-hmm. they knew what our number was, what would make mm-hmm. us happy and the, you know, keep us around for, for a long time. So some of the times they would pitch it for us and we're just, oh, those were the deliver. best. That was, that was the best when we were just a line item on one of their existing pitches. Right. I don't know. I don't know if I'm having an out of body experience right now, but do you see all the light bulb emojis popping out and all over myself right now? Like in my, maybe it's just my aura. I'm seeing at a reflection. I got so many freaking ideas, Wes. Just from what they're talking about. Yeah. 
I, this might be a another company that we start just off of this call. Like <laughs> oh, I think we're gonna have to merge and look into because that's the only missing ingredient is the SEO part and that type of the marketing piece of what Wes and I bring to the table in the marketplace and what we built. We got everything else. Interesting. And everything else, and then what we're trying to do is not what we're trying to do. It's actually we're already doing it. That's one thing that you know a lot of people don't really understand about entrepreneurship. They think they need uh, market validation and they need to have all the websites and they need to have all the business cards and they have to have all the t-shirts and all that bullshit. That's all the, the luxury things, man. It is. Like we're producing a, a crap ton of revenue and helping companies maximize their, you know, their process and understanding, increasing the overall experience and making a huge amount of revenue going through. And then that's going to feed it. But so what we're trying to do is we're trying to feed a monster that's already out there that people are figuring out and just landing in, well, I guess you would say having other companies do all the hard work in that, the initial connection. Mm -hmm. So that way, when I'm walking in the door and Wes and, you know, he's focusing on building out the system. He's very methodical. That's what I love about Wes. He's so methodical. He knows exactly what tweak he needs to make to that system to get to the outcome and understanding both sides of the buyer seller relationship and understanding you know, where he needs to make the impact in the short term and long term. And I communicate it with the, with the, you know, the CEOs or other people and figuring out that piece and setting up the deals. So here's my questions for you guys. And I'm going to let maybe Wes can make more sense of this. <laughs> I just got really excited. Wes, do you see the, the impact on what I'm seeing in the ideas? Yeah, well, absolutely. And it's, um, well, that's where I think we, we turn the question towards, well, Joe right. and Matt. So, when and the kind of where I think we should go with this as far as for that so we can make sense of the whole thing for the for the audience is originally so we'll kind of go back to that first deal mm -hmm. what made you guys structure it in the way that you did as far as like percentage of revenue share versus like your typical agency where they're going to be like just give us a retainer right. of you know five grand a month and we'll do this for you so what made you guys go through it in that in that type of way no, that's a good question. And, um, you know, this has just been iterations of iterations. So I was doing a lot more agency work prior to Matt and I getting together. He was always doing a lot more membership recurring type stuff, yes. just digital products. So that's where kind of the combo first met. I had that, you know, like the deal structures in mind. I've mm -hmm. had experiences, but I've also figured out with a retainer like that, you're kind of capped, you know, mm -hmm. at, at the level of uh, performance that you're putting into a project. So this one specifically, we knew he wanted, he literally told us it was that easy for us. He's like, I just want recurring revenue, passive income that is built off of this existing architecture that he right. already created. So we had the product there, the sales page sucked. It looked horrible. The copy sucked. Everything sucked about it on the front end, but the product was great. And he knew that because, you know, he sold it in some other ways. I think it was packaged up other ways, but he wanted that as his baby as a passive thing. So we're like, okay. Um, he's making good money. There's like, you know, so he's going to be able to afford something here, the value. And obviously we're not just looking at someone's income to see, you know, and pricing it that way, but it's the value that they're going to get out of this in the long term. There was an upfront, of course, there's more costs upfront to get everything built out. So we wanted to cover that uh, and more, you know, because we we're going to dedicate, I think it was a rush kind of thing to get it out within a month too. So right. we mm -hmm. kind of created constraints on purpose for ourselves 
just because we didn't want it to bleed into the other stuff we're doing. So yeah, well, the um, 10,000 I remember was we did have some costs, right? We, we actually mm -hmm. hired a copywriter. Joe and I didn't come in and overhaul the copy ourselves. We hired a copywriter. We essentially came in as project managers to revamp it. We didn't come in as like the guys who were going to do all the work. So we came in and we, we knew we had to hire a copywriter. We knew what our costs were for the copywriter. We had a video guy come in and we shot some sales videos with, because the, the client still wanted to be the face of it, but he didn't really want to do any work. So we yep. said, cool, can you give us like a day where we'll come out to your house, we'll shoot a bunch of videos with you. And then after all the, those videos are done, you're clear. We don't need you anymore. We just, we, we, we need your face. We need these videos to do what we want to do. So we had to hire a video guy to come out and shoot some videos with us. We had to hire a copywriter. We, we had these expenses. So that 10 K wasn't all profit. I think what we did was we figured out our costs, doubled them. That's and initial said, setup. Initial yeah, setup. That's, mm -hmm. yeah that, that's your cost. But the, the, the real upside for us was that 20% recurring. We, we basically told them, look, you know, we could do like a flat retainer, but if we have a recurring, like, there's so much more skin in the game for us. There's so much more motivation for us to make sure it's bigger next month than it is this month. It's bigger the month after it than it was the month prior. Mm -hmm. And yep. with that rev share, you can count on us to make sure every month we're trying to make it bigger than the previous month. And we Where wanted to sprint to that rev share too. It yeah, wasn't we like we wanted quite to dip around, you know? <laughs> yeah. 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 Right. I mean, that's the, that, that's the incentive mm -hmm. for structuring your deal. And that's what people want to hear. And that's what I was the point that I was alluding to at the beginning of the call when I was asking what was the deciding factor, do you think? That's what the deciding factor was. Like, they're not going to really make any money until they start making money for me. Right. Mm -hmm. That's exactly There's right. He knew that. Yeah. And he's done, and it, not everyone's open to those kind of rev share equity deals. You know, we have a lot of successful friends that are just like, nope, this is my baby. All I'm going to do is just pay a flat fee. And that's and completely that's cool. fine for you. That's completely fine. Totally. But what I'm looking at is a more of an infinite type of mm -hmm. deal for myself. Mm -hmm. I want to make yeah. sure it's going to be long-term as long as the resources are available in that marketplace. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, man. So. so with that, I mean, so on that note and with, with that type of interaction that you guys had and obviously affected the way you went about business, I know that in 2000, cause I think that was around 2008 you were mentioning then 2010 rolled around, you guys started podcasting uh, mm -hmm. from my understanding. So yep, yep. how much did all of that, play into the deciding factor of getting into podcasting or did it at all so, so it, well with podcasting we've from the day one actually when matt and i were just starting out blogging we've always consumed a ton of con uh, content online but we wanted to mm -hmm. talk about it like we always wanted to tell others about what we were learning from our own perspective not taking credit for it but we would that's how we created content it was almost like our own spin on it with a lot of references and um, we used to make these dumb YouTube videos back in the day in Matt's garage. I don't know if you remember those uh, <laughs> Suzuki Samurais. They're super shitty cars. They're just like <laughs> box cars. Matt and I both had one. And for some reason, we just get I can, I can actually see that. I oh, can yeah. actually see that. We, we both videos, paid roughly we took them off one. <laughs> we both paid roughly a thousand dollars for each of ours. So that, yeah, man. Do you do like bumper kind of cars and stuff? I, oh. I mean, that's like miss. We lit them on fire. Everything. Oh yeah, I, I, I spray painted a skull and crossbones on the side of mine. Oh yeah, they were beaters, man, through and through. But I was yeah. just happy because I actually made a sales video when I sold it and sold it for like triple. Uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, sales video on Craigslist to the car, it worked. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, man, we used to sit around Friday nights, pack of Coronas. Don't drink Coronas anymore, but yeah, <laughs> but yeah, cut off shirts, and we would just talk to the camera, flip flip cam. 
just about the dumb stuff, not dumb stuff, but it was just like at the time, it just feels like it was very rudimentary. And I think that kicked off this whole thing of like, we want to tell others and we, you know, we were savvy enough. We were hearing about podcasting. We were, we were curious about it. So we just started right. one. It's called the Online Income Podcast. And uh, I think it lasted, what, Matt, like three episodes, two Something or like three. Maybe. I think it made yeah. three. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just, we had so no funny. systems. We had no strategy. We just wanted to talk. We just wanted to give, give, give. I mean, that's and it's literally our business now is to mm-hmm. give our best shit out for free. And, uh, you know, we do it in our current podcast. We bring guys on like you, Chris, and, you know, mm-hmm. now we're going to take that content, spread it around everywhere, turn in all these other pieces of content. So everyone's going to get it in some modality that works for them. Right. And, um, we didn't have that system in mind at the time, but that's, that was why it started. We just wanted to share. Yeah. And then as we sort of got deeper and deeper into the industry, we started going to conferences. We started being on other people's podcasts. We started right. doing affiliate promos. We, our network started to grow. We started to get to know more and more and more people. And we were, we've always just been genuinely curious. Like we, we just love to have discussions and pick people's <laughs> brains and you know, that's sort of a dirty term, but like a podcast kind of gives you the license to pick people's brains. It does and, for free. It's free. Con- I mean, what you're, I mean, that's where I think that, you know, when I I've have listened to your podcast and I've consumed a lot of your content because I, it, I think it's the diversity of your, your guests that I like mm-hmm. the most that you're not just interviewing sales you're not just interviewing digital marketing or affiliate marketing you're, you're tapping out so many different industries and when i originally wanted to start a podcast and it was what started for us it was very similar we just wanted to get it out like i felt like i was going to explode at some point because i was doing so much and i was doing some great things that i'm so blessed to have the life that i you know that i've ended up creating over the years just making right decisions but wes and i was just having similar conversations that we're having right now I'm like, man, we should just hit record, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, and just share this shit with the world because this, a lot of people would pay a lot of money to hear this stuff, but it's never about making money. So I wouldn't be able to do what I do without Wes and Wes probably potentially wouldn't be able to do what he does without me because I'm easy. We're getting it out. Like mm-hmm. I work out the ideas better that way within my own mind and then make the right. I have no idea what the hell I'm going to talk about half the time. No idea. Dude, you, you and I are so similar. It's crazy. I have no idea. I have no fucking idea what the hell I'm going to talk about on the call. Like I don't prep. I don't do none of that shit. Yeah, I yeah. just little, but on the sales call business, different. Yep. I'm mm-hmm. strategizing. I'm looking for an angle, an opportunity to be able to maximize. But when I'm doing content, I'm just there for having a good time, man. Mm-hmm. Like, let's just, let's just make some shit happen. Yeah. You know, in, in the beginning, I, we, we constantly called our podcast the, like the most selfish business podcast because in the beginning, literally what we were doing yep. with the That's Hustle awesome, and Flowchart p- podcast when we started was we were going and chasing down the people that we just wanted to learn from. So like we're starting a podcast, right? Like, uh, we're starting up a podcast again. What's working now in the podcasting world? Let's go find five or six people that are doing the best stuff in the podcasting world, bring them on and pick their brain to figure it out. Boom. Let's, you know, like uh, we're, we're trying to do more affiliate marketing. Let's go find the best affiliate marketers we can think of, bring them all on the show, ask them how they're doing it. So the first like two <laughs> years of our show was literally That's us so just awesome. like bringing people on the show so that we could figure out how to do shit better in our own business. Right. But I think that sort of like selfish thing about it is what attracted people to it. They're like, they're not really doing this for the audience. They're doing it for them. And by listening to what they're trying to get for themselves, it was hugely valuable. And you're you're hearing at the same time as me guys, like, you know, Uh the con for this is going up to the audience, all the people that you're starting to notice a pattern 
And I'm learning, I've learned this from actually Joe in the conversations and just like you took some of the things that we talked about and implemented it within your businesses. Yep. And I took some of the things that you know, and I start implementing some of the things that work. Some of the things didn't work. I kicked that to the side. Like that doesn't work for me. I'm going to have to work this out. That's what business is all about. Like Wes and I will do an audit on a business just to do an audit on a business just so we know what the hell they're doing. <laughs> yeah, that's oh, how yeah. you learn. Yeah. I mean, that's for a while we were just in still even now we don't consult many people, but we have that there so we can keep learning. We can kind of keep our Absolutely. fingers on the pole. So what the hell is going on? Oh, like, man, I just want might... to understand. I just want to understand how you do what you do. Yeah. And then once I, once I understand it, I'm like, all right, here's what we can do, Wes. We can just add this with that program and do maybe hire two or three people to figure that shit out for us to do the research and then we'll figure that out piece and then maybe we'll go back to them in three months and see if they evolved or grown. That's what I'm going on. When I look into investing in companies and taking on new contracts, I, it's a different ball game now. I was doing it for, you know, major corporations. I mean, I had 41 trade schools at one point that I was consulting with, which I still do because I'm still making, you know, residual income from. I still have to check in with them every quarter to make sure they're hitting their numbers and, and do the little small little tweaks within their system. But we working with, you know, small businesses, mid-level businesses of people that get into that high six figure income for me, teaching them how to get to that seven multiple multi seven, eight, nine, ten, That's where I make more of an impact in teaching companies. And that's what Wes and I do. And here's the, here's the, the, the beautiful part. And this is where I'm going to lead in with the question. You're going to light this loop back. So when you're going to understand all these things that you do well, I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing right now without understanding and knowing and trusting the fact that Wes is on his game every single fucking day. And, I, and, I'm, and here's my question to Joe, because we're very similar. How much do you trust that Matt's on his game? You don't have to check in with that on the other side of the business. It's 100%. 100%. I respect him. I trust him. And, and he's, he doesn't need to prove himself to me. He's been there, done that many, many years before. And you're never, and my point is, here's, here's my question to Wes. You're never going to understand what that feels like in business unless you don't put in that work at the beginning of the relationship. Mm. Same thing when it comes to business, guys. You're never going to understand what, that, what that's going to feel like for you. You're not going to find your, I guess you would say, counterpart, you know, or finding that next connection with and understand, okay, man, this person, we have this amazing amount of synergy. We have similar core values. We're going to attack the marketplace. He's going to focus on this or she's going to focus on this. I'm going to focus on this. We're going to always meet back in the middle. And sometimes when I don't have a conversation with Wes, I start feeling weird. I'm like, where, where, where the fuck am I going to talk to Wes today? So I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, Wes, I miss you. No homo. So and it's kind of like figuring that out. And here's my question, Wes. I mean, I guess make sense of why that's so freaking important and in today's marketplace when, you know, everyone's trying to juggle too much at once. Yeah. Well, and that, well, that's just it right there. I mean, when you're trying to do, I, I just actually, I just did a, a post on this the other day, funny enough. And I'm talking about how, if you're trying to focus on so many different things, how you're not going to get anywhere. Right. Yeah. So you, and it just doesn't work. And so the, and the other thing is you got to assess your strengths and weaknesses. Like, mm -hmm we all on this line have strengths and we have weaknesses and it's just, you have to be humble enough to say, okay, this is what I'm, this is what I'm good at, but this is what I'm bad at. And if I'm able, like, for example, if, if Matt, I know Matt is really strong in these areas and he can be effective. Well, then I gotta, you know, I, I gotta be willing to give up that control and, and trust that Matt is going to be able to do what he's going right. to do. And that, and that trust is what ends up leading to you being able to grow and prosper and get to that pinnacle level.
you nailed it. And uh, I, I felt like we knew that for a long time, Matt and I, because we we just have longevity, man. Like it's been, I don't know how many years, but it's like probably close to 15 years we've mm-hmm. known each other and somehow worked together. And uh, even the days or, you know, the years that we weren't actually business partners, we we're always there to support each other from day one, go. always. And we've been technically business partners, I think like three or four times in and out, <laughs> you know, at various things. So it happens and we evolve. But over time, like we, we finally figured out and it wasn't until what, three years ago, Matt, I think uh, we took the Colby assessment was this like, you know, K-O-L-B-E. Yeah. I mean, like if you have a partnership or anything, I mean, totally recommend that. It was a guy, uh, Tim Francis that we hired and he was like, all right, you guys both need to take this because we were trying to hire a, uh, project manager at the time. It was all based off the Colby. We were trying to find someone that was kind of like in between us, you know, like a good hybrid of us. It's a really good piece of advice. It's yeah. a really Dude, good piece of advice. This was like game changing for Matt and I, A, to understand who we are personally, but then the other guy, understand what, how he, t- you know, like how he's thinking his emotions, what are his trigger words? What are the things that I can say that I know I'm going to fucking push his buttons, <laughs> but I, no, I'm not going to do that on purpose. But, uh, but I have, you know, we both have like this personality Bible on each other now, this user manual. And then what's trippy, uh, I think we took the disc assessment at the same time. We took all these like, I was went, about to say that is another one. Disc is really good. Yeah. It's like a free one. You could probably get that. Yeah. There, it's crazy. Like that one specifically, it mapped out our skill, our personalities, all this stuff. And it was like this weird, like separate, like we were just completely opposite, but we shared like this little middle piece, which was like values. And mm. so the personality, like our mission, our goals, all that stuff is the same, but we approach it completely differently. And it was cool to see this visual and we're like, <laughs> it makes so much sense why we're button heads on some of these, you know, like when I come in with like a tech question, I try to screw around back there. And, you know, Matt really has been yelling at me for years to get the hell out of there, slap my hands. And yeah. I'm over here like, no, I can figure it out. And I'm like, shit, that assessment told me, get out. <laughs> like, go focus I, on I was talking about this with, um, God, I don't even know who it was. I can't remember. It was a recent conversation. Now I can't remember who I was talking to. I don't know. I'm just going to kill my brain, try and think of it. I'll lose my point. I would talk a lot about, you know, any kind of teams you want to align your values and the alignment with the values with the culture that you're trying to, I guess you would say manifest the five to 10 to 15 to 20 years down the road. You're not the same company that you were guys at 2010. Mm-mm, not even close. <laughs> I'm not the same type of company last month. <laughs> you got to evolve, right? You got to evolve because that's one thing that is never, you know, I guess you would say reusable is time. And through this time, we're all doing one great thing together right now in this podcast. And there's the listeners that are tuning into this and you're doing one great thing. And then thank you for tuning in. Blows my mind to how many people do mm-hmm. and listen to me to each every week religiously blows my mind. Thank you. I'm so blessed, <laughs> but they, we're passing time together. And through that time, we don't want to waste that damn time, man. So if you really want to make an impact within yourself or company, in your relationships, it doesn't matter. You just got to ask yourself, okay, am I aligned with my values? Does that company, does that service or my goals or do they align with my core values? And what type of culture do I actually project? (laughs) What am I projecting out in the universe? I really believe that there's 
certain people that I've met over the last six months with me kind of digging back into my core again, because it's important, especially in my personal life. I'm starting to now project a different vibration and frequency out there in the universe. And I'm starting not just meeting people. I'm meeting the right people at the right time. And that's a crazy freaking feeling. Crazy feeling. I feel like that's there for everyone. But you like, if you're not open to it or opening your eyes to who's in front of you or who's showing up and then you know oh, how wow. to direct that conversation. Like, cause I think we all, we all have these opportunities, but we're just not aware that it's possible and that it's happening literally every day. You said yeah. one word there. It's important showing up. Mm. If you mm-hmm. don't, it takes a lot of courage to show up because that's the vulnerability side. That's right. That people don't understand about business. Business is scary, man. <laughs> This is a scary freaking marketplace and no one gives a fuck if you lose. <laughs> no one gives a shit if you're going to win and they're going to resent you for it in the first place unless you're like tied into your core values with a, you know, that and understanding, okay, hey, this is what Chris possesses in the core values. Here's what his goals are. Here's his targets. Here's what this guy's about. It's being authentic, right? <laughs> but if Russ doesn't feel that, not hear it, feel that for me, then he's not going to want to be my, I guess you would say counterpart or my partner, not just in business, but going through this and how can I assist him in these other businesses he's doing? How can I open up more opportunities? When I was on your guys' podcast, I talked about Wes more at the end than I did talk about myself. That doesn't come with me trying to do a pitch. It's just because I believe in abundance and I see that with you guys. And I think that's what the audience really needs to understand. Like Wes, why do you think that's important? And kind of like relay that to the audience. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you guys touch on so many great things there. So much. And uh, it's just, yeah, it's, it's, well, the one thing that I, I definitely believe is it's being in alignment with where you want to go, right? Like with who you are, with where you want to go, you got to get to a point in your life at some point and say, all right, my, I got to drop my ego and I got to realize this is who I am. This is what's truly going to make me happy and, and stop chasing after whatever, you know, weird vision or whatever thing that you think you're supposed to be, maybe because that, that's what you think people are are looking at you to be right and just be authentic to yourself. And so I, I, I love seeing how you guys really kind of understand who you are and, and work together in such a beautiful way to, to create something magical. So I haven't seen it a lot when it comes to two dudes. <laughs> I've seen it a lot when it comes to two girls. I yeah. believe that this decade is the decade for entrepreneurship women. They're going to take mm-hmm. over the fucking world this oh, yeah. decade. They're yeah. going to mm-hmm. kill it. They they're going to kill it. I'm telling you, I've, I've met more, game-changing entrepreneur type of younger women now than I have in the last like 10 years, but they know their shit. No doubt. And they're, yeah. they got more drive and they have more emotional intelligence. That's mm-hmm. my next point. <laughs> because the emotional intelligence piece is what sells in the marketplace today. If you look at all the major companies out there right now, it's the emotion, it's the understanding and more knowledge of the emotional intelligence and understanding what other people are going through and being empathetic of their situation. How much does that go into, I guess you would, when you're interviewing guests on your podcast, it goes with, and it goes into the tapping into different networks. How much is that? And you're, you both said that you like, you're very curious people. That, that's great. And I love that. How much do you put yourself in their shoes when you're interviewing all these guests? Dude, that's, that's the constant thing. So it's, it's actually two shoes we're putting her, I guess, like, 
There's multiple shoes we're putting Four our feet shoes. into. <laughs> the shoes, the situation. <laughs> we got too many damn shoes. I'm like, like the Nike, the situation. <laughs> so I mean, like, there's the guests that you need to get into their shoes, obviously, to really get curious into their brain. But then I'm constantly, we're constantly thinking of our audience. Like you've been calling right. out your audience here, and thank you everyone for listening. And it wasn't until like kind of recently I started seeing the podcast as a party, like about a party at my house. Like I'm going to bring my friends together. The four of us right now are having, we're in the middle of a party and there's like thousands of people around us. We got a big ass house party right now, but like, and, and you know, we're, we're freaking the core group of this conversation, but we have like all these people surrounding us kind of poking in. They're kind of like right. listening. Yeah, and like, guys? Oh, is, yeah. These guys are interesting. Like I want, I want to hang around with them. And so I'm starting to think, like, think about this audience around us and like, all right, so cool. What are they going to get value from being with us? I want them to keep coming back to my party. You know, I like having them around. And then like those people that really attach become super fans. And then like, because they're heard, they're understood, we're interacting with them. So I feel like that empathetic thing for podcasters is probably one of the most valuable things you could do. A, you got to be authentic with yourself to put yourself out there. That wasn't until maybe a couple of years ago, Matt and I were like, fuck it. We are ourselves like no exactly. more script, like, no more yeah. over prep for yeah, an interview. All that like, shit, man. Yeah. yeah. We, Wes and I did that pretty early on. Because Good. I think that's just was who we are in it in the first place. And I think that's, that's a little piece of advice you gave me when we very first met and you were just an open book. And I love that about you. And I've, I feel that in, that's where I was like, what does this guy want from me? I, was like, I remember asking myself that question, like, why is he being so open? What does he want? You know, and I, I get that. Uh, people Can't say it, that bro. about myself is because I'm so open that I would normally charge thing. I'm like, well, you can have it. You can have it. It's the belief in abundance. And I'm, just to touch on your one point, I need to read this. And I don't think I've shared this with Wes. I got a message today, and this goes out to a Tom Harrington. And the reason why I wanted to bring this up, and I did, wasn't planning it, but you triggered my brain. Son of a gun, Joe, you got me. Mm-hmm. You remember towards the end of the call or the, when I was on your show and I said, there's going to be one asshole or one kid or whatever listening to me. And it's going to be like, oh, I don't like that guy. Yeah, or, this, or the other one's going to be, that guy made an impact on my life. And he, talk, takes, he talks about me 20 years later. Yep, I'll never I do remember meet. that. Mm-hmm. One guy sent a message. Tom Harrington, thank you so much for this message on LinkedIn. He goes, hey, Chris, got to hand it to you with the Win Win Effect podcast. It's hands down the best podcast I personally come by. I love the fact that you don't hold anything back. Tremendous value. Thank you. And you've changed my outlook on the sales from a negative to a positive. Let's go win the day. Love it. Freak, oh. That's why we do what we do. Yeah. I want to add something to what Joe was saying. I think if you're looking at our podcast, right, I think there's been sort of three evolutions of our podcast, right? Beautiful. In the very beginning, when we started our podcast, our goal was how do we get stuff for us out of our guests? right? Like it was more, it was focused on us. It was, Hey, we're going to bring Chris Ross on and we're going to pick his brain about sales so that we can become better at sales. That was Mm -hmm. phase one. I would say phase two of our podcast, maybe a year, year and a half in, we switched it to how do we make this as beneficial as possible to our guests? How do we, how do we bring our guests on and make it so that that guest is like, I got so much value by being on that podcast. They sent me so much traffic. So many people found out about me because of the podcast. How do we angle our conversations to get our guests the most possible value, right? And then the more recent revolution, probably the last like year or so of the podcast, it's sort of shift into, okay, the people listening, we're doing it for them. How do we, how do we bring on a guest and make sure that our guest is providing as much value for our audience as possible? And I think that that sort of shift 
has really sort of skyrocketed the podcast too. The, the right. last like two months yeah. have actually been two of our best months we've ever had since starting the podcast. And I really think a lot of it stems from, okay, we've, we've, at first it was all about us. At second, it was all about our guest. And now mm-hmm. it's all about, like Joe said, the people that are leaning in at the party, trying to hear their conversation. How do we make sure those people are going, holy shit. Like I just got so much value out of that conversation. Mm-hmm. I just heard. Right. I mean, just, and it kind of goes with that same message. And that's why I think we're so, we're so similar, but so different when it comes to the marketplace, you know, of obviously what we do in industries, but it doesn't, it doesn't matter to industry. And that's my whole point because Joe's mentioned that well, then one person is leaning in and trying to hear like this conversation, that son of a gun, maybe Tom, I don't know, excuse me, calling you son of a gun, but <laughs> you know, no, no disrespect. He's like, well, I, have, I fucking hate sales for some reason. <laughs> Yeah. Didn't like sales, so he took it from a negative to a positive just by a different way of looking at it and looking at an optimistic lens. I think how that just opened up Tom's life, potentially, Tom, if it's you or, or Susan, whoever. That I mean, right. honestly, when I was starting to listen to your guys' show, uh, I think I binged like the first like 10. I don't know, when you guys first started. And because I've never been, I never saw myself as a sales guy. I'm more relationship and then all, and this is how I, I think I get you is like what you said, Chris, is like, I just give, 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 give. And then finally, there's a good opportunity to really sink in and like, you know, do mm-hmm. something together. And that becomes maybe, uh, you know, a partnership or something. But uh, it opened up my eyes to sales. And I know Wes, all the perspective you bring and the clarity right. around Chris's craziness. And <laughs> it's like, it's that duo right there, but it opened up light bulbs for me and it made sales sound fun. And yeah. now, like more than ever, Matt and I are in the deal-making mode with partnerships, getting equity. We're right. partners in another company. Now we're like bringing in affiliate promoters with SaaS companies. And like, we're just doing deals every day. And a lot of what I've learned from listening to you guys, it was just these like little hints here and there, you know, all these yeah, little I, moves or whatever yeah. you got going around your head, Chris. I've always loved the analogy. I actually, I heard this from a guy named Jesse Elder. Um, he talks about this analogy of what, what we're doing is we're just constantly going out there, sprinkling seeds all over the place. Everywhere. We're, just, we're just sprinkling our seeds all over the place without any expectation of anything in return. The people we're bringing on the podcast to try to put them on our platform, we're not really asking for anything in return other than, you know, we'll, we'll exchange our platform for your content, right? We're, we're exactly. just going out there spreading seeds all over the place. Some of those seeds eventually will grow and we'll get to harvest them. And by harvest them, I mean uh, some sort of partnership deal or something that's a win-win. Some of those seeds will just, they'll, the, the soil wasn't great and they'll just never grow and whatever, who cares? Mm-hmm. But the seeds that do harvest is going to make up for all the seeds that we're planting. Absolutely. So it's going to be done by an accident. And you're going to be like, holy shit, that grew up kind of quick. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what was that? What was the soil? And that's, and that's a really good analogy, to be honest with you, Matt. Let's touch on this. Make this, damn, this is a good episode. I, I, I'm really excited for the audience, both of our audiences, to understand how easy this is done in, both, in any industry. Yeah. Just get oh, yeah. the right, that, that seed and that soil. Go ahead, Wes. Well, it's funny because that's, it goes back to your outlook and it goes back to your objective. Some mm-hmm. people's objective is just selfish, right? So if I'm planting this seed today, it has to grow this piece of fruit as quickly as possible so I can grab it and eat it, right? Where other people are like, all right, I'm just going to spread them everywhere and whatever grows and everybody gets to benefit from this, mm-hmm. right? And that's that believing in the abundance mentality. And I believe that's where the, that contributes to a lot of you guys' success is that you're not looking at what can I gain today? And I, I, can, I can see that, right, from, really from that first deal you guys made together, 
even until today, it's still that same mindset, which is how can we, how can we set ourselves up for the long term and put ourselves in a position, not only for us to win, but for everybody to win as well. And that's, and that goes with our philosophy as well. That's why we're the win-win effect. Absolutely. (laughs) So cool. So many great things. I mean, I guess for the most part, what are some of your goals? I mean, I guess with the pot, I mean, do you see guys going into, I wouldn't say the, the Joe, we were just talking about Joe Rogan. He's landed at hundred million dollar deal. I think that's amazing, but he's put in like a 1500 shows to see the, I guess you say the benefit, you know, the Mm -hmm. from all the hard work I'm putting in the content. I mean, do you see yourself kind of like the longevity of that piece going into podcasting for a long time? Or what do you see? I see the, as far as the podcast specifically, I see that as the one piece that will probably always be there. That'll be like the single thread that is always there that we probably, the the businesses around the podcast that orbit the podcast will probably be constantly changing, but the podcast is one thread that will probably always be there. We, I don't see any intention of selling the podcast off. We, we just want to do it bigger and better and bring on more amazing people. We have, you know, we have dreams of getting like a Joe Rogan style studio where we go into the studio and it's sort of decked up with all the, the I already cool got figured out. Like. I already got to figure it out. I already got to figure it out. I already like, got to figure it out in my own mind. We'll I haven't talk got later. it out yet, <laughs> but I, I got it figured out, you know, like the different, I guess, different seasons for different types of feels. Uh-huh. Yeah, but it's but it's about okay. Listen, how can I tap into a different network? Who's the right guest, not who's the next guest? Mm-hmm. I think well, that's actually, the, what no. you what you just nailed on right there, and what Matt's saying too is, uh, we've gotten a lot smarter and intentional with who we're bringing in, what yeah. we're talking about. But and it's not super obvious to the listener. The value's not going to change. But for us now, we have. Uh, I mean, I'll just say right here is like we, we want to get on or bring on promoters, for instance. And we're starting to talk with a lot more SaaS owners, software owners. And we have this kind of up, upper fuzzy bucket that are just like the people that we want to connect with, the, the Arnold Schwarzeneggers of the world, the Oprahs, whoever, you know, like this, this big old Dream 100 mm-hmm. list. But really what we're doing as a business, like we're affiliate marketers. Well, SaaS software is what we really sell really mm-hmm. well. So we've been partnering up. We've been getting equity with SaaS founders, companies that like really are looking for marketing help, looking for branding right. exposure. So now we're just starting to take in like the podcast as almost like this relational capital building phase. This is where we get to know each other and where we're going to introduce people to other podcasters later. But we keep that uh, conversation going with that guest. Now we can tie them into something else we're doing. We have like four or five other buckets in our business oh, that man, are constantly so orbiting good the podcast and we're finally connecting the dots after, you know, four years. So it's not like we're marketers that are just like, yeah, we had this shit figured out from day one. No. Yeah. As long as we keep the <laughs> podcast going, the network will never stop growing and the opportunities will never stop coming. Right. Absolutely. That, that, that's the benefit of the podcast is we're getting to know so many people and a very, very, very small percentage of these people that we're getting to know as a result of the podcast have opportunities that could be big, big, big wins for us. And as long as the podcast is going, that, that sort of flow of network and opportunities will never mm-hmm. stop. And I, I believe the same thing is, is that's the engine. Mm-hmm. Wes and I were having so many different kinds of conversations like, okay, we'll get it to a certain, certain point. I'll branch off my own show. You'll branch off in your own show and then we'll expand. I was like, fuck that shit. I don't see it done <laughs> that way because you lose. I mean, you see, you know, great. I guess you would say if you have that synergy and you, you break up that type of dynamic, it changes everything. Because, I mean, when I go on shows, I want to go on show and talk about 
our my show and our show. And I want to tap in and talk about all the other interviews that I've been on and seeing how I can help that person or whatever show I'm on just to show their, my appreciation for them inviting me on the show. How can I open up my, I guess you would say Rolodex and network and bring on different guests that I feel might be good for your audience now. And that's what it's all about. It's a big, huge community. And it's not, this is my way of networking because I don't really like to do a lot of networking, yep. but I'm just a people, son of a gun. I'm extra. I, I could talk about a can of paint for an hour and <laughs> just talk about that shit in different ways of making money from it. Okay. This is what I do. I do yeah. this in my own time. I'm crazy like this, but just to kind of give you another loop back. Okay. From a previous podcast. So this is, goes out to all the listeners. Make sure you go and listen to this episode that I was on. I'm still grateful for Joe and Matt for the hustle and flow chart podcast. This one goes back to what you were talking about, Matt, when you were saying George Clooney when he would go to all these people that he would, you know, guess you would auditions and be like, mm -hmm. you need me more than, you know, <laughs> I guess you would say, I need you. Yeah. And yeah. removing that table. That's how I feel about podcasting right now. Mm -hmm. Because like they, I think there's a lot, there's just so much podcasts out there that just do surface level bullshit. And then they get to a certain point of the podcast. Then they pitch their own shit for like, five minutes and then they go into the other part of the show it's a huge cliffhanger i'm not saying that's not important and it's, it's not good for your business but it's all about sales 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 sell and they're selling stuff people want to get on a podcast and not listen to someone talk about headphones for fucking <laughs> 10 minutes yeah. you know and how great it is because they're a sponsor mm -hmm. and, and we have similar views i think the podcasting needs more of that core and that people like us on the podcast just give you straight up raw content with no scripts and no hidden agendas and doing it for the love of, uh, I guess you would say, just sharing. Have y'all thought about doing, like, I guess, advertisements and trying to sell off the podcast? Or do you think that's probably part of your success that you don't do it that way and you don't view it that way? Well, we have done it. We, uh, we, we have had sponsors on the podcast. We right, have well, Different, though. Different is what I mean. Joe, did, did you have something you want to say? Oh, yeah. Well, well, yeah, we do the sponsors and all that stuff. But yeah, we've, I mean, we test all the, all types of things, like getting right. people onto an email list. Give, it's all about the journey, man. Like right. we're constantly thinking of the listener journey. And like you said, it's the machine Perfect. that goes into other things. So uh, we don't want to destroy the journey of that, the user experience, the listener experience, whatever you want to call it, LX, mm -hmm. I guess. Yeah. You know, if you want to talk about SaaS companies. So, well, I feel but, like what we're trying to do is we're trying to create a win, 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 right? It's got to be a win for us. It's got to be a win for our guest, and it's got to be a win for the listeners. Right. But I think that third piece, the win for the listeners is the, the, the biggest core of what makes a podcast successful. If you're not focused on the win for the listeners first, then uh -huh. you're not going to be able to create a win for your guest, and you're not gonna be able to create a win for you because nobody's going to mm -hmm. fucking listen. Right. If, if, it's, if it's selfish for the guest and it's selfish for you, you're not going to get the listeners. So you got to focus on that win for the listener first, but mm -hmm. you have to have that balance of in there of like, we want guests to want to come on our show. And, you know, we, we want to get some value from the guests in our, ourselves as well. Like the, the sort of selfish element. We want to learn from them. We want right. to, like if I bring on a webinar expert, we're trying to do webinars right now. I want to learn what I'm doing wrong with webinars right now. So mm -hmm. we've got to figure out that balance of how is it a win-win-win for all parties involved but the number one party that we got to think about is our audience. So if we get too far into pitches or we start putting too many sponsorships in there and we start to lose our listenership, then, you know, we'll back off on that. But it is, it is a constant, like, 
let's just put this in this episode and see how the audience see responds. How yeah. Measure and reassess those results. Exactly. And we're always asking for feedback too, constantly. We're like, hey, email us. Give us, give you know, every email kind of has an open loop and we're responding mm-hmm. to everyone. That's how we learn. What I'm blown away is not just by the numbers of the subscribers and the people that reach out and, you know, different things. What I'm blown away by sometimes is the consumption of each episode. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's, it's huge, man. Sometimes yeah. it's the longer ones. They listen to 99%. I'm like, holy shit. I mean, like, you want to listen to me for an hour? I don't even like to listen to my voice for 10 minutes. But <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, so I guess just as a question, just because I'm curious, just for, you know, maybe I guess you were measuring and reassessing our results on, you know, when it comes to podcasting. How much does that play into how long your podcasts are? How much the advertisement pieces when you're looking into monetizing the, the consumption for, from that first component of the listener's experience? I would say when it comes to listener experience, the, the length of the podcast, we haven't really factored into it. I think that's one of the areas where we've sort of been more about what we want i guess you could say with okay. the podcast like the length of the podcast we 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 go for as long as the the guest is willing to go with us and as long as there's good content still flowing we don't want to cut off that that flow right if 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 you're on the show and and you're in flow and you're riffing and just all of these gold nuggets are coming out we don't want to cut you off right, right. So, i feel that way sometimes too yeah I'm so like when it comes to the length, it, I, I really think the length of the podcast is a case-by-case basis. There's been some times where we bring a guest on and, you know, 30 minutes in, we're kind of like, yeah, we're going around in circles here. There's not a whole bunch of great new value coming out of this podcast. Let's go ahead and wrap it up here. And then we've had the other episodes that have gone over two hours long because we're like, this is gold. I'm not going to shut this guy up. <laughs> so, right. you know, when it comes to the length, that's we are looking at um, – I, I think it's, it, it's really a case-to-case basis on how the conversation's going. As far as the sponsorships, you know, we've really only, we, we've had a rule that we're only going to do one sponsorship at the front of the show. We don't want it to, we don't want it to yeah. get to the point where it's like 15 or 20 minutes before we finally get to the episode yeah. because we're talking about all this sponsorship stuff. That's point one. But point two is this, the thing that's sponsoring us has to be ultra relevant to our audience. Absolutely. There yep. you go. That's it. And that's, about, and that's what I was trying to extract from you guys is under, and, and having the podcasters who are tuning into this and the audiences understanding where to strategically place that sponsorship or placing that pitch, I guess you would say, or leading them to somewhere. Only thing we lead them to is just trying to get them to subscribe, share it with a friend. I think that's the first step, right? Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, filling out a feedback form because we love feedback. So if you're listening to this, guys, fill out the damn feedback form. I want to <laughs> know what's going on with you. So, and actually, and that's, that's my way of breaking down you know, the next phase and next couple months. And I think, that, you know, when, we, when I'm going on different podcasts and Wes is going on different podcasts, do y'all do similar things? You kind of do it, you guess you go on different shows at the same time, or do you go and tap in Joe does one for somebody else or then Matt does one for someone else? We actually, yeah, we've been separating them. We do both, but I would say we've been kind of going separate more so. Uh, right. Just because, you know, it depends on the show, uh, what we're going to talk about, because it's pretty easy to split out who's going to talk about what. Sometimes maybe there's a, like, I've gone on some health shows, fitness type shows and all that. I'm like, well, that, that leans more into like my interest and, you know, like, I've, that's really goes back from like the blog. When we both had blogs, I ran that part of ours. Matt ran like a wealth and finance kind of side of the thing. So it's like, we have interests that will split off, but it's all pushing back to the same thing. 
Right. And when we're together, like a thing like this, it's perfect because I think it's always cool when there's another co-host. So it's like co-host and co-host uh, all right. combined. This, this is like, I would say it's like, uh, I don't know, it's kind of like 50, 50 or a little less, I don't, I don't know. know, case by case scenario, but I think it track. helps. <laughs> yeah. But, but we yeah. go on a lot of shows. Yeah. I, I mean, so Joe and I will go on shows together like this quite often, but if, if I was to just go on a show, like if, if you guys were just interviewing me by myself and then you were just to interview Joe by himself, they would be two vastly different conversations, right? Exactly. The conversation's going to probably, if you were talking to Joe, it's going to lean a lot more into like networking and, and how he met people. And you'll probably talk about sales a little more because Joe's done a lot more of the sales type stuff in our business. Um, you know, a lot of the higher level, like overarching strategy of things like that's going to be a lot more Joe in that conversation, where right. if you were to bring me on, a, uh, on the conversation, I'm going to get into like, I might get into how we run Facebook ads or how we're running Google ads, or, you know, my favorite tools that we're using in our business or various systems and automations that I'm setting up or, you know, how we're creating email sequences, like real more granular kind of stuff in the business. Right. And so love it. Love it. Love some shows that are more general, it makes sense for me and Joe to just both be on it. We'll riff off of each other and we'll both kind of lean into the topics that, that make sense for us to lean into on those shows. And then there's some shows they'll bring on, like, uh, for example, I was on a show called Perpetual Traffic, where they were asking all about our traffic strategies in our business. Well, good name, by the way. That's, that's, a, that's the side of the business that I'm kind of running is a lot of the, the paid ad traffic. So it didn't really make sense for us to both be on there. You know, and, and like Joe said, he'll go on more of like the health podcasts and a lot of the health podcasts, they will lean into like business and how to, how to grow your wealth. So you can, it's easier for you to stay healthy if you've got the, the money flow and that sort of thing. And that's sort of more of a Joe topic, which doesn't really make sense for me to go on that podcast. Gotcha. Yeah. And that makes, that makes perfect sense. It's basically like, okay, wherever you focus on the most, wherever you're going to make the most impact and it just goes back to what we talked about before. It's basically wherever you're going to make the most impact, you're going to focus, and that's going to make you a lot more effective in the long run. Absolutely. And if we can double dip, we'll go for it too. Because if somebody will be like, hey, I want both of you right. on the podcast separately, awesome. That's two opportunities for backlinks, two opportunities to get our voice out there. Right. Well, exactly. plus it's, it's, it's funner that way too. Yeah. Right, that's right, man. <laughs> it is. I mean, that was, the, I think, the hardest thing when we very first started you know, bringing on different guests because it got to the point to where – I got tired of hearing Wes's voice and he got tired of hearing mine, you know, doing podcasts. Yeah. I think it was just laying down that groundwork and the foundation to understand the methodology and actually what we believe with the core values and, you know, different types of targets and goals that we're trying to accomplish, believe in abundance. The understanding, you know, what we do and how we do it is two different things. Mm-hmm talking a lot about that with, you know, bringing on different guests and, you know, looking into diversity. That's what I look up to you guys for is how many different types of guests you bring on. Like, holy shit. I believe I was the second sales guy though. So I now you think, step yes. game up. Yeah, I know, man. We, we, we just interviewed one yesterday, actually. And he's a baller. He, sh- he should okay. be on your show. Joey uh, Gilkey. Yeah. Okay. Who is say, say his name again? Joey Gilkey. I should know that name. He's but, with uh, agency owners and stuff like that. So. Okay. I got you. But yeah, I'm starting to meet different types of salespeople and the ones that is looking at the different traits. But I think that's when I'm looking to bringing on guests, I want to bring on the right one, but then it's not about that. I'm just looking at the dynamic between the co-host. Yeah. Like, because what, and you just already talked about is dissecting my craziness and making <laughs> sense of it all. That's why Wes is a sales poet. He that's makes right. sense of all this shit. He just makes sense of it, does it eloquently. And so it's like figuring out that type of dynamic. Of, like, do I ask these questions or do you ask these questions? Do we both ask these questions? 
to have something on my face. I feel like Vince Vaughn right now in that movie Wedding Crashers. And it was like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I lead it for a kid? So I have it. So am I interested? <laughs> in, am, I, am I not that interested? So Vince Vaughn, if you're listening to that, man, I, I, I love your stuff. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I feel like so, when so, Joe and I interview, like we, we have like this, my, so for a long time, we've had to do the interviews where I'm in my house, he's in his house, COVID, lockdown, right? We, right. we didn't want to be in the same place. And those episodes, I don't really feel like we're some of our better episodes, but because when Joe and I are actually doing podcasts, we're typically in the same room and there's this like weird mind meld that happens where like, I know exactly when to jump in and ask a question. Joe knows exactly when to jump in and ask a question. And it just flows with very little of us talking over each other. Um, so it, it's, it's really kind of interesting how that flow works for it, us. It's, it, I don't know where, it probably just came from experience, but yeah, we have this shared brain but I'm not going to ask the tactical stuff. Like he knows where I'm going to go with things. I kind of do a yes. And with guests, I try to dig in a little deeper and, mm, uh, or I'll, or I'll frame it kind of like us. Like I'll, I'll kind of go higher level and be like, so what you said is this, or it's kind of like this. Like it and, doesn't make sense to me. Like why, why does yeah. that make sense to you? I'm like, what, how can I make sense of this to the audience? Because I think they're going to yep. miss it. Yep. And I think that's something that, you know, Wes can obviously lean in with right now is actually making sense of, you know, how much, you know, does that come into play when you're trying to figure out how can I hit everything that I need to hit on a call or it could be just in business or even in a podcast? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's knowing the outcome in mind. Of, like, so who are you trying to serve? So I know for me, I'm, I'm trying to serve the audience, of course, and making sure that they, uh, you know, they're getting the most out of it. So my intention and my focus go, goes that way. So now I'm thinking about, okay, strategically, how do I make sure I, we communicate this effectively? And that's, that's where my focus is. Mm -hmm. And so that way, Chris is focused more on being into the conversation, you know, asking the right questions, moving, you know, moving it along and giving the, our guests also a, a lot of value as well. So it's just about wherever your focus is, that's what you're going to do really well. And I think we all share that here. Absolutely. So. I think, you know, a couple of things to touch on, and I appreciate you guys staying longer than we originally expected, you know, with, a yeah, couple, couple of things, you know, with the recordings and doing video now and whatnot. Hmm. Here's, I guess, what for the most part, you know, for the listeners, and I guess maybe just maybe I'll ask Matt one part of the question and then maybe Joe one part of the question. So, Joe, like what if you had to give any advice to any new podcaster out there? What type of advice would you give them on your zone of genius and what you actually focus on in the podcasting and, and being that extrovert and networking and setting up different podcasts or whatever interviews? What kind of advice would you give someone? I would say think a little further outside of the podcast. Like, don't think about just doing the podcast. Think about what happens before the podcast. So all that prep work, that that uh, just mm. the exchanges and emails, all that stuff to get it's to know each other. Start there. But then, obviously, I have a great experience on here. Lead it however. You know, like for me, I'm going to obviously be a lot more relatable. Now that we're talking to people, we usually have video too. So now we can finally make that connection if we didn't do a pre-chat. But then afterwards, I always like one of my two do's today is to send uh, videos, thank you videos to every, you got, you guys both got this yeah, uh, last so nice. week. Too. Yeah, good touch. Been, yeah, man. I, I use Loom and that's just L-O-O-L-O-O-M. And I get my phone. I'm going to sit out in my backyard. It's hot as shit right now out there, but I'm going to be <laughs> talking, talking to that camera just like they're my buddy that's sitting across from me. And I'm going to thank them. I'm going to offer them any kind of intros, introductions, get on other shows. Hey, I think this would really be cool. Hey, you said this one thing. I can help you out with that, with a connection or whatever. 
And then we just, I, I always try to extend the conversation and figure out how to keep that door open. That's, mm -hmm. I would say focus there. That's yeah, a, such, it, a, such a good piece of advice there because, and that's the question I'm going to let you, go ahead, Matt, go ahead. Well, I was just going to add that it's, 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 it's such an amazing experience when you get on a podcast and Joe already knows the guest and that's what right. happens with every single guest. It's yeah, like, that's what happened they in show our episode, up. yeah. Yeah, they show up and like, they're already like old school buddies that have been talking. I mean, it feels like they've been talking for years, but it's probably really only been weeks, you know, and like we're getting on a podcast and it's just like, you know how much easier it is to have a conversation if there's already a bit of a relationship there than just jumping on and being like, hey, good to meet you and then figuring right. out where to go. So like, that's, I think that's a really, really key thing that Joe was saying there. Wes, you have anything you want to add with that piece before I ask Matt the other part of that question? I mean, I, I completely agree with that because, I mean, we've faced that here. It's, it's, you notice the difference between when you've already had kind of like a it's – it's the same thing with a client. When you've already had that little bit of a relationship with them, mm -hmm. you feel like you can just connect with them. You can, they, feel, they feel like they can take down their walls. You feel like you can take down yours and just have an open and honest, authentic conversation. So. Right, and, and that relationship building is different for two different people. Like oh, Wes yeah. has different, a different relationship with the guest than I will have with them in the future – but collectively as one unit, we'll have the same type of relationship because we're looking at it as an infinite type of relationship. You know, long-term and longevity, we keep mentioning it a lot in this call and it's yeah. in this podcast episode. It's always looking at the longevity. Don't really look at it for short term. Like, hey, I'm going to get on this guest, um, be on the guest for this podcast. I'll reach this amount of audience. I had someone that, you know, wanted I asked to be on the show because I feel like they, we had a similar core value and something in common that they didn't really realize. And if they're listening to this, I'm just isn't a dig, but they sent me back an email. I don't know if it was your team. They wanted to understand the analytics, uh -huh. you know, of like how, what's your reach, you know, what's yep, this, yep. what's that, what's <laughs> uh -huh. this. And that kind of goes into the question I want to ask Matt for the listeners that are tuning in and for the, maybe just want to do a podcast or maybe some don't, don't understand the analytical side of the ball game for the most, if you had to give any type of advice, how much does that come into play when you're trying to tap into different networks or looking at your podcast as a whole? The, the actual analytics of the podcast, like how many downloads it's getting and that sort of thing? Downloads and on the other side of maybe trying to looking into the, the initial branding. The, you're talking mm. about a lot about landing pages, all that type of the digital side of the ballgame with the, with the podcast. I would say that for the most part, we when it comes to like downloads and that sort of thing, we kind of ignore those metrics. We, we're not that worried about it. We're more concerned with, are we putting good value out to the people that are paying attention? You know, if you're not paying attention, I'm not worried about you. Right. So I don't really, I don't really pay attention. We don't pay attention that much to our download numbers to be completely honest. You know, we, we are t trying tactics and things like that to grow the show and get more awareness to it, but it's not our concern. Our concern is putting out as valuable of content as possible on the show. So from that standpoint, we're not that focused on the metrics. The, the bigger metrics that we are focused on is when we do our shows, we have a call to action at the beginning where we're telling people to go get the notes for this episode. So every single episode of our show, we have somebody on our team who listens back and takes detailed notes. These are like Cliff's notes, not like a, a show notes page, which is like a teaser for the show. These mm. are like, it, it, you can read the notes and get the same value from reading the notes that you would if you would have tuned in and listened to the show. Um, that's, that's the kind of notes we're talking about on the, uh, here. And so what we're doing is we're trying to drive every single person who listens to the episode to go download the notes for the episode they just listened to. So, you know, we'll give a call to action that says, Hey, if you're out driving or you're out for a run right now and you can't be taking notes on this episode, don't worry. We're taking the notes for you. Just go here and you can go download the notes from this episode. 
those are the numbers we're tracking more. We want to see people go that's from beautiful. podcast to email list. Advice. And that's what we're really focused on is like, you know, we don't want them to just tune into one episode because they searched out on iTunes and they listened to that one episode and then disappeared. No, we want them to search it out on iTunes, listen to that episode, go download the notes. Now they're in our, our ecosystem. They're on our mailing list. Now you're going to hear about every other show we did. And ideally, you're going to be a repeat listener now. Because so people consume content going. in different, different ways. You know, some mm -hmm. people like video. Some people like social media, just seeing the clips. Some people like to you know, look at blogs. Some people like to you know, hear the whole audio experience and not really focusing on the – because they don't really have time to watch the shit. They just want to listen to it. Yeah, and absolutely. The content. And at the end of the day, to be totally transparent and honest, we don't necessarily care if you listened to the audio of our podcast or you went and downloaded the notes of the podcast. Because at the end of the day, the same calls to action are in both of those pieces of content. At the end of the day, we're still getting our guest in front of our audience, whether they're reading it or listening to it. At the end of the day, we're still pulling value out. And at the end of the day, we're actually getting notes on every single one of our episodes. So we could go back and review what we just learned from that episode as well. So like whether you listen to our podcast or you just go and continually get the notes for every single episode, we don't really care because the exchange of value is still there either way. God, man, so much great stuff. And I think that's what the thing that where I go until, you know, with the interviewing or I want to be there long enough to be able to understand I learned something impactful from the conversation. That's how I know for sure. Cause I know I'm, I'm very difficult when I look at content. Like I, I break it down very, I, I break, I, I'm such a huge critic of even myself, but let alone someone else's bullshit content. And I see right through the levels of, I guess you would, there's not even multifaceted layers. There's no layers to it. It's just whoops, service level. Bullshit like, or not. Yeah, bullshit. <laughs> I call you bullshit. And I think that's, that's right. my thing for the guest is that, you know, when I go on to different interviews or even when I'm having a guest on, I'm trying to expose the sales side and every industry and every guest. Like on Saturday, we're interviewing a country singer. We had a motivational speaker. We've had so many different types of, you know, guests, you know, advertisement, um, a recruitment agency in, in, in Australia, you know, the sales side component. And that, mm -hmm. that's a huge driving force for companies. And they don't realize that. that's a heartbeat, man. You got to figure it out. But the things that makes us successful and makes anyone successful in business, it, it comes from that core value. It yeah, comes man. from you inside. And how can you align that within whatever you're trying to accomplish in life? I mean, Wes, I mean, for the most part, I mean, help these listeners kind of make more sense of it because I, that's the big, huge thing that I learned with this is like, and what are they, what are, how can they learn from it as much as I learned from this episode, I guess? Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's, I mean, that's what it comes down to. At the end of the day, it comes down to, that's who we're serving as the listener. Right. Mm. And I love what you guys said before is that, you know, you're focused on all three of those objectives. You can't have one without the other, right? The ecosystem right. doesn't work, right? right? Without, if It doesn't work if you don't have the guests. If it doesn't work, if you don't have you guys, it doesn't work if there isn't a listeners. Right. Mm -hmm. So how, that, it's just transfer of value. How can we make sure we're always transferring value to everyone involved? Uh, and that way everybody's winning. It's perfectly said, man. Work. I mean, that's why I'm, he's my sales poet. Yeah, I know. He nailed it. I mean, a, I mean, if you haven't coined it already, I think we just need to send it to my our trademark and our legal team for that, Wes. But yeah. hey, he, he is, just makes it sound great. Everything. He yeah. Does, how how do I, I got to get my stuff trademarked, man. I got to get my Joe Fear. I got a guy. Ball. That's what I can do. I can set you up with my guy. All right. Like, all right. Thank you. Like, you set you up with my guy. 
right? like, everyone's got a guy or a gal, a lot of, a lot of, of different situations, right? And, you know, different industries. You're, so for the most part, like, how can our, how can our, <laughs> how can our audiences, you know, find more about you, the show, I guess you would say just the, that's the main engine of what Hustle you guys do the show. Yep. Yeah, Hustle and Flow Chart. You could go on any any podcast platform. Hustleandflowchart.com gets you there as well, and you see all the shows. How about this? Right. How about over at hustleandflowchart.com slash win-win? I'll, ah. I'll make the, the notes available for the show that we did with you. So if somebody like doesn't have time to go listen to the episode that we did with Chris, and it's not even out yet, I don't know if this episode's coming out before or after. I think we're yeah, trying I think to that's what we're going to talk about before I was kind of like running a little yeah. bit late at the beginning. Of this yeah, yeah. But I'll and make sure the notes. How do, how do we, because I would like to have your guys one drop and then ours drop right after half. We support, making sure that we're supporting both sides of it. Yeah, for sure. So over at hustleandflowchart.com slash win-win, we'll put, we'll put up the notes from the episode that we did together so people can go just go grab those notes and we'll oh, link man, to the episode awesome. so they can listen or so download the notes. Another freaking gold nugget, Wes. Another freaking gold nugget. I love yeah. it, Matt. I can, this is why I we have Matt here. To these guys. <laughs> I can, we I can sit all day and talk to these guys all day long. Learn so much. Let's, let's do it again later, man. And we'll have you right. back on. We, both of you guys, you've got to have Wes on too, man, next time. Exactly. So, I'd love to. All right. Yeah, exactly. Um, for the most part, wrap us up, put a bow in this one, Wes. I mean, I think that that's what everyone needs to understand. These guys, I mean, it's not about just consuming content, consuming everything with podcasts. I wanted you guys to take some of the things that you've learned or, you know, maybe heard and maybe some things that Matt talked about, some things that Joe talked about, some things that Wes talked about, some of the things that I, my crazy ass talked about. How can you make more sense of it all and make, and make an impact? So I guess, Wes, I mean, how can – explain that to them and how maybe the steps they need to take to make more sense out of what we're talking about here today. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've talked about so many great, great things on this. I wouldn't even call them golden nuggets. I would just say great value adds in anybody's mm-hmm. life. And, you know, just go back, listen to it a few, few times, two, three times. I mean, that's how I dissect things. Dissect and look at how it's relevant to you, right? I mean, this, this is an hour-long podcast. But take away what really matters to you and where you are right now and focus in on, okay, this is where I am today and this is where I'm looking to get to. How can listening into this and how can following the hustle and flow chart help me get there and just listen for what you need to take away in order for you to get to that next level of your journey. And again, just follow Joe and Matt, hustleandflowchart.com slash win-win. Again, hustleandflowchart.com slash win-win. These guys are great and you're going to get more than just tons of value from them. Uh, I just love the name. That's, that's the it, name that says it all. But guys, it's I really us. appreciate it. Yeah. yeah, thank you, guys. I just really this appreciate it. Any last words, Matt? No, I, I think we covered a lot of ground. Um, this is probably one of my favorite podcasts I've ever been on. <laughs> just like from the, oh, man, the conversation great. was was amazing. So you know, thanks for having yeah. us. I, it's been a blast. I, I can't I can't say much different than that, man. As you were talking, Wes, I was just like, shit, this is really fun, man. <laughs> like, you guys are doing it right. So I can't wait to see where your show is going to go to. I'm going to keep listening. It's amazing. Yeah, so thanks I appreciate it. I'm just so, so blessed. I mean, I, I'm just so, I mean, I'm just happy every day. I'm so grateful that all the great people that we're meeting, you know, coming in contact with and not just tapping into different audiences, getting our, you know, message out there that, hey, listen, Anybody can be successful. It's just going to, it's going to have to come down from you directing your thoughts into a positive type of outlet and coming from internal and just maximizing your potential, finding whatever the fuck it is for yourself, man. Just, just go do you be happy. It is. From, if you're able to lead like that, money will always come. It'll always come. Just got to knock the cover off the ball. So guys, again, thank you so much. Thank you. It means the world to me. Any day that ends in Y. 
You know, it's got to go ask yourself, how can you win tomorrow? And how can you get it 1% better tomorrow than you are today? So keep moving, keep growing, keep learning, guys. Y'all take care. Peace out.